County Counseling Services is one. And in this episode of Happy Without Medicine, I'm going to be sharing with you some thoughts and lessons, real life, real good lessons that I have learned over the past one year as a private practice owner. And so if this is something that you're interested in, stay tuned and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Happy Without Medicine, and I'm your host, Dr. Yuandi, a medical doctor, therapist, and a fierce advocate for your happiness. My mission here is simple, to help professional women just like you create a life you're excited to wake up to. It's time to make the happiness you feel on the inside match the success others see on the outside. Let's get started. It's crazy to believe that on November 14th, 2022, I opened my counseling practice. It's so strange because leading up to that, I had been debating and going back and forth and back and forth on the idea for eight months. I first got the idea in April of 2022, and I would go back and forth and go back and forth. And finally, in November, I opened my doors to my first set of patients, and it has been a wild ride since then. My practice was fully booked within two weeks, and our wait list is six months long. I've actually had to close the wait list because I just feel really bad for keeping people waiting for that long. Even though we redirect people and say these are some other places that you can try, many people are like, you know what, no. I've heard so much about you. You're my first choice. I want to wait. And so it's been such a privilege, such a privilege. I can't express how thankful I am enough for the privilege to walk alongside the women that I serve in my practice. These are some of the most brilliant, giving, ambitious, highly accomplished women I've ever met. And it's just an honor and a privilege that they have chosen me to be their therapist, to be their guide on their own journey towards feeling better, towards self-improvement, mastering their emotions, and all of the amazing things that we have done and worked together on over the past one year. But this episode today is to share with you the lessons I have learned over the past year of being a practice owner here in the greater Toronto area. And It's interesting. Yesterday, I was just looking through my planner. I have a 17-month planner. So this planner is one that I've had since August of last year. So shortly before I opened the practice and just flipping through my to-dos, flipping through my thoughts, the things that I was working on, the things that I was working through was so interesting. And I can categorically say that I am not the same person that I was a year ago as I was preparing to open up my practice. Very exciting, very humbling, and very thankful. And so I'm going to be sharing today, of course, I've learned so many lessons, but these are the ones that I thought would be the most high impact, high value lessons that I've actually found myself sharing, even with my patients as the anniversary of the practice opening started to approach. I was doing a lot of reflecting and Many of my patients are also struggling with 
similar things. Like I say, they're very ambitious, high achieving women. And so when they're on the verge of doing something new, doing something great, some of these strategies that I used for myself, I find myself sharing with them too. It's often helpful. And so of course, as usual, when something is helpful for my patients, I like to share it on the podcast because I can't see everyone one-to-one. And the reason I have this podcast is to hopefully bring strategies to you that are working in my office, in my day-to-day practice. And so the first lesson, this is a big one, and this might be an episode that you actually might want to take notes because there are some exercises that you might say, you know, I want to try this for myself. And so if you don't take any notes with any of the other points, this is one that I hope that you will take notes on and act on because it was probably the single most important thing in helping me move forward over those eight months to actually open up my practice. And it's just a concept that self-limiting thoughts are a real thing. Oh my goodness. The things that we tell ourselves that hold us back, they're real and they're powerful. And no matter what your previous experience has been, every time you're about to do something different and something new, you will have thoughts that serve to hold you back because of the fear of the unknown. And I've spoken about this before on the podcast. Our minds are so beautifully designed to keep us safe, to keep us comfortable. So the minute we start to venture into something that might rock the boat a little bit or change the status quo a little bit, we start to have these thoughts. And these thoughts are designed to keep us safe, so to speak. But the flip side is that they're limiting because they keep us stuck. So these are a real thing. And I experienced them firsthand. So I finally decided to do something about it. Like I said, I had been thinking about opening a practice since April of 2022. And on the 22nd of October 2022, I know the exact date, even the exact time, because I did this exercise in my notes app. I finally decided to write down all the things that I was telling myself in that season that were keeping me stuck. And I'll be honest, many of the things really, really, really did surprise me. And many of them turned out A, not to be true, or B, to have a very simple solution to them. I'm going to share some of them with you because when I do share them, I often find that they are helpful. And so I'm just checking my notes up here. Yeah, so October 2022 at 11.09 a.m., I had a whole bunch of limiting thoughts. I'm going to share some of them with you. Now, the idea here isn't just to identify these self-limiting thoughts. You also have to think about an alternative an alternative thought that could just easily be as true, that is self-developing, that is self-motivating, right? As opposed to self-limiting. So the first thought that I had was, I'll get too busy for the things that I love to do in my free time, such as recording this podcast episode, taking courses to enhance my development and my growth. That was the first thought that I had, that I'll get too busy because The truth is I knew, I knew that once I opened the doors to the practice that the floodgates would come through. I just knew and 
I wasn't ever afraid of not having enough work. I was actually afraid of having too much work. And so the self-developing and self-encouraging thought that I had on the other side of this was, you know what? I have the freedom to build my schedule however I want to. This is my practice after all. So if I'm finding that I'm getting too busy, I can just adjust my schedule. Now, how this applies to you is that you are going to think about the area of life where you feel stuck, where you feel like I really want to take a step in this direction, but I'm scared. I'm scared to rock the boat. I'm scared of what this might mean for the future. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I want you to take a piece of paper or you can do what I did, pull out your notes app and create two columns. On one side, you're going to write those self-limiting thoughts and the other side, you're going to write those self-developing, self-enabling thoughts. And for every self-limiting thought, you are going to write down a self-developing, self-enabling thought, just like I did with this idea of getting too busy for doing the things that I love to do, an enabling thought a self-developing thought that is just as true and has proven to be true over the past year is that I am in full control of my schedule. I have the freedom to adjust things to the way that works for me and my lifestyle. I'll share one more self-limiting thought with you. And it was, people won't want to drive to Mississauga to see me. And that was a legit thought that I have. So my practice is based in the greater Toronto area. I'm in Mississauga. And I had the legit thought that people would not want to drive to Mississauga to see me. Again, it's not rational because I have patients who live in Mississauga and it's not that much of a drive to come see me. But I was so worried that they would see the address and say, oh, that's too far. I'm not going to go see her. At the time, the enabling thought that I had and chose to believe was I actually drive to Kitchener, which is about an hour away to an urgent care clinic that I love working at. And I love it there. I love the population there. I love that there's complete autonomy and flexibility. I love the owner of the practice. I love the staff there. I drive from my home about 45 minutes to see some healthcare practitioners that I have as part of my healthcare team. And I said to myself, I am worth the drive. And the truth of the matter is I've had several patients drive four or five hours to come see me from the next city over. I've had two patients come from four or five hours. I've had patients come from two hours away. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, the only way that I could prove this self-limiting thought to be wrong was, one. and for sure, I'm sure there are people who will see my address and say, oh, that's too far. I can't see her. That's totally fine, but I've been fully booked and I've had a handful of patients drive several, several, several hours to come see me. And so that is another example of having a self-limiting thought, but then getting yourself to say, hey, is there another way of looking at this that could just as easily be true? And if it is, why not choose to believe a thought that is going to encourage me, inspire me, motivate me? to get unstuck and actually make the decisions that I want to make. So that's the first thing I want to share with you. The first life lesson that can be applied, even if you're not thinking about starting a business in any area of your life where you feel stuck, self-limiting thoughts are a thing. They do have an antidote, which is to identify an alternative thought 
that could be just as true, but is not limiting and is motivating and inspiring. So the next thing that I've learned over the past year of being a practice owner is that it may not feel like work. The work that I do may not feel like work just because I enjoy it so much and it just derives me so much pleasure to watch women flourish and thrive and just grow and evolve and bloom over our weeks together. It may not feel like work because I do firmly believe that this is my life's purpose. But even though it doesn't feel like work, I am having to tell myself, you and day, this is work. This is work. Therefore, you still need to rest. You still need to rejuvenate. You still need to recover because it's emotional work. It's mental work. I am seeing people in my practice hour after hour, day after day, and I am engaged fully in their story and their experiences. I'm thinking, I'm strategizing, I'm sharing, I'm holding space for them. It's very deep work. And even though it might not feel like it, it still takes something out of me to be able to do this work. I love Zumba. Zumba has always been my go-to form of exercise when I don't have the time to go to the gym or my lifestyle isn't just allowing for it. it. As soon as the music starts, you see this big smile on my face and I get to dancing. And so even though Zumba for me is dancing or say I'm out with friends and we um, are at a birthday party and we're having fun, we're dancing and dancing and dancing, we're sweating, we're moving... Even though it doesn't feel like a workout, you're still working out. You're still moving those muscles. You're still getting the heart pumping. You're still sweating. So even though it doesn't feel like work, it still does take the toll that it takes on the body. So even though my work is I could do it all day, every day, it's still physically demanding. It's emotionally demanding. It's spiritually demanding. And I got to a point where I was like, okay, Yuande, I know you want to do this all day, every day, but you need to rest. You need to rejuvenate. You need to recover. Intentionally carve out the time to do that. And so maybe you are in a similar situation where you're also a giver. You're someone who loves to achieve. And maybe you find yourself in a situation where you love what you do, whether it's for work, whether it's in a volunteer capacity. But remember that you are still giving of yourself. You're still giving of your essence and you need time to replenish that. Otherwise, you're going to end up burnt out. Yes, it is possible to get burnt out on work that you enjoy doing if you're not intentional about rejuvenating, resting, and restoring what has been taken out of you to get the job done. Now, the third thing that I've learned over the past year of running my private practice that I wanted to share is that there are many questions before you start. There will be many questions that you have that you honestly will never get the answers to unless you start. You can do all the research. You can get all the information. But unless you actually take decisions and start, you won't know. You won't know whether you should use this phone line company or that phone line company unless you start. You won't know if this practice management software fits your needs versus that one unless you start. You won't know if your patients are going to drive to Mississauga to see you unless you start, right? 
one of the things that I had questions about before I started was how long should my appointments be? My options were about 50 minutes or about 75 minutes. So about 50 minutes, about 75 minutes. So those were my options. And so when I first started, because of where I had done my training, I started with the 75 minute long appointments and they were great because we had a lot of time to get into a lot of things. But after a while, I found that it was really tiring sitting in one spot for 75 minutes back to back speaking to patients. And so about two to three months ago, I sent an email to all my patients saying, hey, it's been great with the 75 minutes, but we're going to cut back to 50 minutes. Right. And so and there was great response from that. Um, I had held back on doing it because I know my patients loved having all that time, but it wasn't sustainable. My wait list was growing every day. And I just was like, okay, if I shorten the appointments, we can be more focused and efficient in our time together and I can move through the wait list faster. And so sitting on that question, 75 minutes, 50 minutes, which one should I do? Sitting on that question was not helpful. I actually had to start to see what my capacity was in order to make the decision and move forward. And so there are many things you're going to have questions about that you will not know the answer to unless you actually start. Okay, mistakes are feedback. That's the next thing that I want to share with you. Mistakes are feedback. And so many of us have a fear of doing it wrong or making a mistake or whatever it is that resonates with you along this theme, many of us are afraid that if we take a step in the wrong direction, that we have failed. There's so many themes around that that I speak to my patients on week in, week out. When I first started, I had an admin assistant who was great for the time that we worked together. She helped me set up the practice and the practice management software and all, you know, my email signatures and all of that, but she wasn't the best fit. It took me a while to accept that, but she just wasn't the best fit. She's a great assistant, but just wasn't the best fit for our practice. But the truth of the matter is I may have made a mistake, so to speak, within because within a few weeks, I let her go and spent some time thinking through, okay, what were the things I liked about her? What are the things I didn't like about her style? So not about her, but about her style of assisting and what are the things that I didn't like? And I was able to come up with a list of what I was looking for. I went through two more assistants and with that, gathered more information each time until I was able to hire my current assistant. And so I was able to gather the information with those mistakes that I made with the first three assistants, three or so assistants, so that I could have the information I needed in order to make the right decision this time. So Mistakes in this season were feedback for me. So take a decision. If it works, great. If it doesn't, if if it seems like a mistake, then it's feedback on what to do better next time. So don't worry about making mistakes. It's literally part of the process. You cannot get everything right at all. Like it's not possible. Make those mistakes. They're feedback. Take the information that you need from those mistakes and make better decisions next time. All right, so we are currently at lesson number four. Lesson number four, two, four, lesson number five. Okay, now this is part of the mistakes or feedback. 
Yeah, mistakes are a part of the process. Remember that no decision is permanent. No decision is permanent. You need to just take that decision, right? Your name, the name of your business is impermanent. Again, I'm going to talk about business because of the context that we're discussing. I have to remember that the name of my business isn't permanent. The address that I put on my business cards isn't permanent. My phone number isn't permanent. My website isn't permanent. Who I serve isn't permanent. Anything and everything about all those things can change. Indecision is quite exhausting. And so if you're feeling stuck because you're going back and forth and back and forth, you've done the pros and cons list, you've done the research, you have asked your friends and their moms and your aunties and your cousins, you've asked everyone, it's exhausting, make a decision, no decision is permanent. And if you do make a mistake, remember that that mistake is just data. It's going to give you feedback for what to do next time or what not to do next time. And finally, this is probably one of my favorite lessons, is that it is possible to create a profitable business from day one. It is very possible. Some businesses may not be amenable to being profitable from day one, but it is possible. Like, Don't let anybody convince you otherwise. But the thing is that you really have to keep your costs low. Don't try to get too fancy too quickly. Remember that Rome wasn't built in a day that you have to stop somewhere. There's a quote from the Bible that says, do not despise the days of humble beginnings. Many of us want to come out of the gate with the brand and the photo shoot and like the whole, to be honest, I wanted to do like a big grand opening. I wanted to get the nice furniture and all of that. I remember when I first opened and my office manager or the manager of the building where my office is located had said, hey, I have an office for you that is empty. Do you want to have a look and see? And so I went in and it was an office twice the size of the office that I'm in now. And I was like, oh, that this is great. I could put a couch here. I could have a tea and coffee machine there. I could have music. I could have a plant. I could have all these things. I created this vision for this room that was double the size of my current office. And so I went into the room. In fact, that was where I had set up my new furniture. This was at the beginning of my practice opening. I had hung up the sign of my practice, but something about it just didn't feel right. And on top of that, of course, a bigger space meant a bigger price, (laughs) right? And so I was there for about four weeks. And I, at some point I was like, you are you need to let this office go. You need to let this office go. And thankfully, my old office was still available. She hadn't rented it out. So I was like, please, I want to take my old office back. Is it still available? She said, yes. And for the season I'm in, it works perfectly. And so I was able to, yes, eat some humble pie, but come back to an office that fit where I am in my current stage of business. Is this where we're going to stay forever? Absolutely not. But thinking about what costs are necessary in this season, what costs are not necessary in this season has been a very big factor in keeping my business profitable. Apart from that, of course, hiring an assistant has been really helpful too because she is able to say, hey, Dr. Yuande, we need to look through the wait list. Hey, Dr. Yuande, you have an opening on this day. 
hey, Dr. Yolande, should I book this person for this day or for that day? Because left to me, I'd be like, oh, gaps in the schedule. Nice. I get to relax. (laughs) But hiring an assistant has been an investment, actually, in the practice because it's starting to yield returns. And that's the other thing. Remember that your investments might not yield returns right away. You might make an investment and not see a return for three months, right? And so realize that some of those things do take time. So it is possible to create a profitable business from day one, but really don't try to get too fancy too quickly. You'll know when the right time is to add on new expenses, but the key to profitability is making sure that your expenses are low while also maximizing your revenue. And so to summarize, and of course, I've learned so many, many lessons over the past year. Like I say, I'm not the same person that I was a year ago. But to summarize, I realized that for a fact, self-limiting thoughts are a thing. But the good news is that you can flip them around by thinking through an alternative, self-developing, encouraging thought. Work that you do that's purposeful and meaningful to you might not feel like work. But it actually is. And so it's important for you to replenish, rest and restore and rejuvenate yourself. There are many, many, many questions that you will never get the answer to unless you start the work. Mistakes are feedback. No decision is permanent. You can make a mistake. Use that as feedback to decide what you're going to do better next time. And finally, profit from day one is possible as long as you keep your costs low. All right. This was a fun episode for me because I got the opportunity to reflect over the past year in my business. And I am so, so thankful for all of it. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it. If you haven't left us a review on Apple, do us a one year birthday favor and leave a review on Apple on how this podcast has helped you. It would be an amazing one-year birthday present for Cami Counseling Services, and I would so appreciate you for it. Thank you, and until next time, remember I am here always fiercely advocating for your success and your happiness. Bye! Thank you for joining me, Dr. Yuande, on the Happy Without Medicine podcast this week. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could give it a review on Apple Podcast because it helps Happy Without Medicine pop up when other women are searching for ways to find their happiness again. And visit happywithoutmedicine.com to view the complete show notes and other resources mentioned in today's episode. I'll catch you next time.